0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. We are here with the only two twins who are in studio without Tim today, but Tim is calling in. Hey, Tim. Oh, I'm
1: here. Listen, listen to this. Right now, I am talking fantasy football, but I'm in the w- middle of the woods. No lie. I'm in the middle of the woods. If you listen closer, you can hear mad crickets. And uh, I have chosen to stay in the middle of the woods and talk fantasy football. These, you know, you choose your own path in life, and this is the path I've chosen. To Tim, be
0: completely honest, Tim, I'd rather listen to crickets.
1: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> just, what, that's what I'm gonna, you're going to be listening to when you try and argue against Corey Davis today, that's for sure.
0: Tim, just please keep your eyes out for any wild bears.
1: <laughs> I will. If uh, you hear me scream like a girl, it, it's uh, because there's a wild... I would like to say Wild Bear, but it's really probably because, like, a spider crawled on me or something
0: like that. That That's just as frightening. So before we get <laughs> started today, I just want to mention that Corey Davis needed overtime to score a touchdown. All right, let's get started. Oh, so he still never <laughs> scored in the first four quarters. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah do it.
0: So what I'm saying is Corey Davis hasn't scored a regulation time touchdown yet, so I think our, stoke, our joke can live on. Regulation time is, is a new thing we could say. It still works.
1: Yeah, yeah, because everyone knows that, you know, overtime is not got fantasy or anything.
0: Not at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely
0: <laughs> not. Also, our rankings are up on BrotoFantasy.com for week five. Check those out pronto, folks, pronto.
1: Quick sneak peek. And the waiver wave. Let's not forget to plug the waiver wave, veteranswinning.com. Uh, I mean, sorry, youtube.com slash veterans minimum for the waiver wave. Um, but the real quick pro tip to see you guys, just so I could say this, uh, two pro tips real quick. Number one, it's week four. I'm sorry, we're going into week five, which means we have four weeks where we know what these teams are now, and I love saying this on VM, I love saying it on Brodo, after week four, throw everything you thought about a team preseason out the window, throw last season stats out the window. You have a big enough sample size to get an idea of what these teams are at this point. Everyone's basically played a good opponent, a bad opponent, some medium opponents. So uh, that's number one. And number two, waiver day is Wednesday. Uh, People like to drop people for other people, especially on a Wednesday. Um, I I could say this because the Twins have lower waiver priorities, but in one of our leagues, someone dropped Antonio Callaway because Antonio Callaway is on a bye. I rushed to put in a, a... a waiver wire pickup because, as I'm going to tell you later, the Browns schedule in the next five games is the juiciest schedule by any team maybe ever. So I went to those waivers. I saw who got dropped. I picked him up. You can get some of your best waiver pickups on drops for people, especially guys on bye week. So just be aware of that. Uh, go check your waivers even on Wednesday, even if you don't get the guy you want.
0: Well, Callaway is not actually on bye. Um, but it's people. he was dropped because Hugh Jackson said he's probably going to play less snaps. But I, I see what you're saying. If you believe in yeah. Callaway, then get him uh, on yeah, that you're spot. right. He's not on
1: by the Bears. The Bears and the Bucks are on by this week. But wow, I don't care what he wants. If when you guys see this Browns schedule, you're gonna want every single piece of the Browns going forward. Trust it's me.
0: amazing. That's why I'm stashing Baker Mayfield, even though I don't stash quarterbacks typically. That
1: yeah, makes sense. It makes sense.
0: So let's jump into this week. First game Thursday night: Colts at Patriots uh tom brady last season was did not finish as a quarterback one and rob gronkowski did not play rob gronkowski may not play it's a short week he has an ankle injury that he's dealing with from last week uh julian edelman is coming back though there's a whole there's a lot of question marks in that patriots receiving corpse right now including rob, rob gronkowski so what do you guys see happening from the patriots this week
1: well, first things first, Jason said corpse instead of core. So let's, let's point that out right after that.
0: Because they did.
1: <laughs> Second, uh, I mean, the, the person I want to talk about most is Chris Hogan. Uh, Chris Hogan was someone that we liked a lot, someone that was getting a lot of hype in the preseason by almost every analyst. Uh, someone that I drafted in one of my leagues to be my wide receiver one. Luckily, I drafted Alshon Jeffrey uh, after much later so I can replace him. But he's been an absolute mess and i want to see if the addition of julian edelman who is that guy who is going to take chris hogan's spot chris hogan was playing a lot of the slot he can go back to his natural position of outside i want to see if the addition of julian edelman opens things up for chris hogan but this is going to be my last chance i give chris hogan i'm comfortable dropping him this week if he doesn't perform against the colts secondary who's been all right but nothing crazy
0: uh chris hogan man i as sad as it is for me to say, because I was a Hogan fan coming into the year, I honestly think you could cut bait with him. As of now, he had all the opportunities in the offense the first what four weeks, and he just he put up a dud three out of four weeks. He he only had one target last week. Edelman's coming back, like you said, and I expect I didn't expect Edelman to have that big of a role uh, in the when the season started. But the way that I see it going with Hogan not being involved at all and Gronk being hurt and getting basically triple teamed on every play, Edelman should have a pretty big role right away. And Josh Gordon should keep having his role increased every week on the outside. Yeah, Chris Hogan has been dropped from our top 50 wide receivers So for this week. So definitely someone that can be dropped if he disappoints again. Maybe even this week if you need someone. Someone who hasn't disappointed... With his time, are the running back Sony Michelle has seen a carrier target on 78% of his snaps this season. That's the most in the league, and James White has been dynamic as ever. And the Lions are—I'm sorry—the Colts are allowing seven receptions per game to running backs. So, how do you guys see the Lions? I keep saying Lions. The Colts and the Patriots playing out in the New England backfield.
1: Uh, I love both guys. I think both guys are must-starts this week. Uh, j- like you said, the Colts have been really susceptible to uh, running backs out of the backfield. And uh, Thursday night games tend to lean towards a heavy run attack because you don't have a lot of time to implement a lot of uh, you know exotic packages and things of that nature because it's such a short week. Although if anyone could do it, Bill Belichick can do it. But uh, I expect Shorty- Sony Michel to get 20-plus carries. I expect... Um, James White to catch another 7-8 balls like he does and I think both of these guys are startable I, I, one one quick thing about Julian Edelman I think he's uh, he's also a guy that you could start right away in my opinion I think Tom Brady is really happy to have him back, I would not hesitate for a second put him right in that lineup if you have him um, and for Josh Gordon I, I'm still waiting a week uh, I think next week is going to be the week where he pops I just wanted to say that about the receiving core but for both running backs, I'm starting both and I'm happy, I'm really really happy about it
0: yeah, uh, I'm with Timmy on this one as well. I have Sonny Michelle as my tenth running back this week, and James White is my fifteenth. The Colts secondary has been actually very impressive through the first four weeks of the season. So, but they have been beatable on the ground, which Michelle and White should be very involved. Uh, same as Josh with Josh Gordon. I have more of a water receiver for this week. Still not trusting him unless I'm desperate with a lot of buys or things of that sort. And uh, Edelman, I have up there as a. Wide receiver number 30, I believe I think he gets involved already. He's my wide receiver 29 I'm, okay throwing him out there as my wide receiver three Yeah, the issue me and Michael had with drafting Julian Edelman in a pretty high spot is that he Would be missing time in the beginning of the season, but also that he's an older player now and he's very injury prone so while he's healthy and while he's out there Julian Edelman is someone that can be started So I have him as a wide receiver three this week as well. But Sony Michel and James White, I have them both, again, inside my top 16. That means if you're starting both Patriots running backs, you could be in for a pretty happy day on Thursday, according to us, Brodos. Yeah, uh, Gronk. Uh, We haven't said anything about Gronk. It does look like he's going to suit up. If he doesn't, it's a Thursday game, so you better hope that you have time available before the game starts to take him out. Keep an eye on that, but. Uh, if you have Gronk, obviously. it's pretty fortunate yeah. that it's a Thursday. Game. You're obviously playing him. It is pretty
1: fortunate. Jason said something that I that I wanted to to touch on as well. He said if you're starting both, you could you're in a pretty good spot. I'm a, I'm actually starting both guys in one of my leagues. In actually the Brodo league, I'm starting Sony Michelle as my RB two, and I'm starting James White in my flex. So I and I have no qualms about it. I have Buck Allen on the bench <laughs> that I could that I could put in. Uh, I have J.H.I. that I could put in for Sony Michelle, but I'm starting these two guys, and I'm and I'm going forward, and I'm happy about it.
0: And I think you should be happy about it, for sure. Moving on to the next team in this matchup. We'll stick with running backs for now. Tim, what's your take on Naheem Hines, one of the most popular waiver pickups of the week?
1: I think that, look, Naheem Hines is what he is. I'm calling him Austin eckler light. Um, he is... I'm going to give you Austin Eckler type production, in my opinion. He's clearly the pass catching back there. Now, there's going to be games where you can start him, but I think this game is a must start. The Patriots have been susceptible to the backside of the backfield. Um, Right now, Marlon Mack is still, who knows what's going on with him. Robert Turbin returns, but he's never really been the guy uh, who gets the pass, catches passes in his career, excuse me. I think Naheem Himes this week is a playable asset. Now, do I think he's a playable asset every week going forward? Not necessarily. But I think this week, if you pick him up on your waivers, start him 100%.
0: Agreed. Me and Michael both have him in the RB3 flex range, especially this week is a short week. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's not going to be there, so the Colts, their weapons really just consist of Ryan Grant, Pascal, Rogers. Uh, Even Jack Doyle's out, so Eric Ebron is more of a big play tight end than Doyle's more possession. So, Naheem Hines could be in line for a solid amount of plays this week. And he's fifth in the league for all running backs, running backs and routes run per game. So, that could even go up this year. We- yeah, we, we've been we've been uh, telling you guys to keep an eye out on Naheem Hines for a while now, since the preseason. Since before that, actually. Since our uh, rookie review episode back in, what, April or May? That was and, fun. Uh, he's basically ex- an extension of their non-existent rushing offense. So, definitely someone to, to be happy about if you were able to scoop him up. If we're looking at the pass catchers, so in my eyes, I believe Chester Rodgers is maybe the most reliable when it comes to touchdowns. He's seen the most red zone targets for the Colts this season. Uh, Ryan Grant has established himself as, as the possession receiver. Pascal caught a touchdown replacing T.Y. Hilton. It's really hard to go between these wide receivers and choose the right one. I would personally take a stab at... Chester Rogers in standard, Ryan Grant in PPR. Michael, what's your take on these guys? I'm actually all aboard the Zach Pascal train, bro. Oh, okay. He's basically just stepping into T.Y. Hilton's role. He caught a touchdown in T.Y. Hilton's role last week, and he funneled in 10 targets. And in a game going up against Patriots where I expect them to either be behind or have to pass to keep it close, I think Zach Pascal has some solid upside. I have him as a wide receiver 46, so. I think he's a pretty solid flex play this week. Interesting. Tim?
1: Well, it depends on what you're looking for. In my opinion, if you're in a full PPR, then Ryan Grant is your guy. Like Jason said, Ryan Grant has kind of held down that possession, wide receiver position for the Colts. And without T.Y. Hilton, I expect him to get even more. Ryan Grant is in the top five as well in uh, catches per target. So he's, he's bringing in the balls. He's making the tough catches uh Andrew Luck likes throwing like to him so if you're in a ppr league i think ryan grant is a safe play but i agree with with michael man I, pascal he's a he's an athletic freak he's a big body um he gets he gets his chance to make his to make his name known 10 targets last game uh one thing that i i, I like doing is i don't like chasing points but i do like chasing targets um if you're in a situation where ty helton is missing he's definitely gonna miss a guy like Pascal who got those targets, there's no reason to think that he won't get those targets again. The new age of NFL isn't like it used to be back in the day. You, you have to get rid of the thinking of when the number one receiver sh- uh, goes out, then the number two receiver takes his role. That's not the case anymore. You, guys got, you got guys locked into their roles, and then the backup is the backup to the number one wide receiver. So like Michael said, I think Pascal comes in and, and takes over that T. Y. Hilton role and, and could and could see it. Now he's more of a uh you know, boom or bust type guy. Uh, but if you're if you're got a if you got a nice roster around and you were willing to take a chance, like I, I think you could do worse than Pascal this this week.
0: So you guys are just going to ignore the fact that Chester Rogers leads the team in red zone targets? Fine, whatever. I'm just going to ignore the fact that Chester Rogers is Chester Rogers. He's That's been a good in the league long enough to prove something. He never has. Ryan Grant has clearly been their possession receiver. I was hoping Tim would say Ryan Grant is his guy so that we could all disagree with each other. I'll, I'll put a bet on this one, the Zach Pesco. Ryan, Grant, Ryan
1: Grant's my guy. Ryan Grant, I'm, I'm taking him in the PPR. Like, I, I, it depends on how, how you're looking at it. Chester Rogers, too. Dude, the guy gets, the guy gets red zone targets. And here's the thing, though. So does Eric Ebron. So that's two guys. I really love Eric Ebron at a tight end this week. I think that if you're if you're sitting Rob Gronkowski, if you if you don't want to take that chance, throw Eric Ebron in there. I think he has a, a good chance as anyone to score a touchdown this week.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's even a. If you're give him a chance and throw him in, me and Michael have him ranked as our ninth tight end. He's been solid. He that, needs Doyle. to be started when Doyle isn't playing. He's one of three tight ends who have scored double digits in three of the four games this year. That's it for this game. Andrew Luck. How do you guys feel about Andrew Luck? We forgot about him. Michael, shout out to Andrew Luck, folks. He was slinging it last week, baby. He was slinging it. He threw the ball 20 yards downfield 11 times, which is three times as many times than any other game this year. T.Y. Hilton had two different 40-yard catches. He was in for a huge game if he didn't get hurt and only ended up playing, like, two full quarters. Uh, He's going to have to be passing tomorrow. Uh, Maybe I'm – I wouldn't be surprised. Well, not surprised. I just hope that the Sunday to Thursday doesn't have an effect on his arm or something, like maybe he can't throw as far because his arm is still tired. Who knows what's going on with his arm, but – all good signs pointing up from last week where it looked like vintage Andrew Luck But there. are you starting him this week? Uh, I wouldn't be totally against it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I have him as my quarterback 16. Tim?
1: I, I think that's where he belongs around quarterback 16 this week. Look, you're looking at a guy who is coming off a shoulder injury that he missed two years for, that's being asked to throw uh, three days after he just threw 63 passes for the first time in a long time. Uh, the first time is slinging it down the field for the first time in a long time. On top of that, he's missing his best wide receiver. He's missing his go-to tight end. Uh, he's missing his starting running back. Um, well, Marlon Mack might play, but maybe not. Uh, either way, no running game to be spoken of. So, I mean, if I, I, if I'm Andrew Luck owner and there's a guy like Andy Dalton sitting there on the waiver wire this week, I'm gonna scoop him up and start him instead. Um, if there's no one, if there's no one of that ilk that is on your waiver wire, let's say you're in a two quarterback league, like. Or you are in a league that's for some reason people draft backup quarterbacks. Where I'm in one of those leagues this year, and I just don't even understand this. Some people have three quarterbacks in their roster; I just don't even get that. But um, yeah, I, I think that there's better plays than Andrew Luck this year, this week for sure.
0: Let's acknowledge that Tim just said ilk. I'm loving that's it. right.
1: I'm out here vogue He's I'm out here Ilkin. He's out in the woods. I'm out with here the, the elk. Oh, hold on, guys, guys, I gotta say this. I'm out here vogue and I'm standing next to a cabin. Come fuck with me.
0: Oh my goodness, your vocabin, cabin.
1: Wow. I'm, I'm in the ilk of Edgar Allen Poe, dog.
0: You realize I can hang up the phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> then we just have to call you back. That's just a mess we don't want to get into. Moving on to the next game, we got the Green Bay Lambos at the Detroit Lions. I don't know why I called them the Lambos. It seemed like a fun thing to do. Matt Stafford has multiple touchdowns in seven straight games against Green Bay, so there will be some goodness to go around. Stafford has been pretty solid since week one, that mishap. So with the combination of Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay, all of them, I believe, are ranked within our top 25 area. Tim, what's your take on these guys? Would you be starting all of them? Who's your favorite one from the three?
1: I'm starting every single one of them. Um, I think Galladay is in for the biggest game of the bunch. I know Golden Take got peppered, but it's been Galladay and Marvin Jones who have been on the outsides and have been seeing the most work. Uh, Matt Stafford spreads the ball out a lot. Um, the Packers' secondary has not been as good as it said it was going to be advertised, although they did they did have a nice game against the Bills, but everyone has a nice game against the Bills except the, except the Vikings, so I take that with a grain of salt. Um, I'm comfortable starting every single one of these guys. I'm definitely comfortable starting Matt Stafford. Um I'm gonna go for the Lions' offense in terms of wide receivers and quarterback.
0: Yeah, you guys know how I feel about Kenny Galladay. Uh, I've been, I've been on his bandwagon all year. I think if I had to choose between those two, because I think Tate and Galladay are obviously the higher ceiling guys. I'd lean Tate. He just tends to have huge games against Green Bay, and he's coming off a huge game as well. I still think him and Galladay are both great options. I have them as my 13th and 14th receivers. Marvin Jones, as we know, has been a bit more touchdown dependent. I have him as a wide receiver 27. But, yeah, as you can see, they're all up there in a solid play territory. So I'm putting all of them out there. All definitely start-worthy. The main question mark comes when to the lines in the form of the running back. on Johnson has been a million times better than LeGarrette Blunt this year. But Matt Patricia said he sees on Johnson getting enough work. You have to remember he's coming from Bill Belichick's team. So Patricia... Maybe adopting that pretty annoying running back style. Because of that, he's holding back Kerryon Johnson's ceiling. Michael, we have him ranked in the back end of our running back twos around the 22 area. What do you see from him this week? Uh, Kerryon Johnson has looked absolutely explosive the last two weeks. Last week, he only had nine rush attempts, but he turned it into 55 yards and a touchdown. He only had one target um, because Riddick is eating eating up all the targets. That's but you kind of expect that to happen. You can't really expect him to get more than three targets or anything of that sort. But yeah, it's ridiculous that Garrett Blunt is playing over him. He's been super ineffective basically all year. At some point they're gonna have to give Carryon Johnson the ball more if they want to keep winning. So Carryon Johnson did get nine rush attempts to Blunt seven last week. So it's a step in the right direction. Um, um, I I think he puts up solid numbers this week, and I'm. I'm definitely trying to grab him for cheap if I can. Tim, how do you feel about Carrion Johnson?
1: So So on Johnson is this big conundrum because by any stretch of the imagination, he's the best runner on the squad. Like there's no way if, ends, or buttons about it, he's the best runner on the squad. But like Michael said, like it seems like the relationship that Patricia has with Blunt is really honestly Working in the favor of Blunt. He, he, he's saying that he wants him to wear down the defense, yada, 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 yada. Uh, Carry on Johnson has been uh, so much of a better back, but it's hard for me to trust him if he's not getting the reps. And right now, he's not getting the reps. I mean, if you're in a tough spot, you can justify starting Carry on Johnson as your flex play, or I mean, you're not going to be happy if you start with your wide right receiver too, but I guess if you're in a really, really hard spot, uh, like if you have. Jordan Howard and uh, the, whoever else is on buy. Like if you have two guys on buy, then I understand it. But uh, it, it's hard for me to start carry on Johnson at this point. He's a uh, high risk, high reward type of flex play this week. So let me pull. Uh, if, let me pull him.
0: one of these on you. Carry on Johnson or Naheem Hines. Hines. All right you're disagreeing with me and Michael our rankings there but i could see the upside in hines this week
1: uh, ppr only though if we're going standard i'll go carry on.
0: makes sense moving on to the next team in this matchup green bay so i personally for the first time in my life probably ranked aaron rodgers as my quarterback 13 he has barely been a blasphemy he has barely been a high end quarterback too these last 3 weeks cuz he's dealing with his injury and the team just hasn't looked great he's been getting burned by his receivers who are dropping a lot of balls. Now Randall Cobb is expected to be out. Mo Allison is expected to be out. So what is up with Aaron Rodgers against Detroit? I'm trusting some other people in front of him. Tim, what or do you believe in the Superman, Aaron Rodgers? Or do you think he's going to be human again?
1: I mean, look. <laughs> if, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you draft him in the third round. Or second round, even. So you're not sitting him. That's uh, that's out of the question. You're, you're playing Aaron Rodgers. What to expect, on the other hand, look, Aaron Rodgers has been hurt. Uh, Geronimo Allison's in the concussion protocol, so that might be a weapon down. Uh, Randall Kyle's been hurt. But this – it still doesn't change the fact that Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback in football. And I'm starting him every single week because if I spent that draft capital on him, you bet your damn ass I'm starting him every week. Uh, But – I'm not excited about it until his knee looks right. It might not be the entire year until his knee looks right. One of the big things that separates Aaron Rodgers from other people was, um, is his ability to run. And actually, you saw it last week in the Monday night game. Patrick Mahomes, he ran more outside of the pocket, behind the line of scrimmage, than any quarterback ever did in NFL history. And that's what, that's what Aaron Rodgers used to bring, that type of Mahomes, extend the play, find the guy. That kind of magic is missing with his knee injury. So uh, is he a good pocket quarterback? Of course. But is he a guy that's going to be a, a second-round fantasy pick? Uh, he, that value is probably out the window at this point.
0: Um, I don't know, man. I think you guys are putting it a little too hard on Aaron Rodgers. We've seen the Packers struggle in the past. You guys have to remember R-E-L-A-X. Aaron, that's what Aaron Rodgers is known for. They'll they'll be okay. They're the Packers. It's still Aaron Rodgers. His his knee doesn't look great, but I expect him to turn around. I expect Aaron Jones to play a lot more and be a lot more effective running the ball, which should open up more success for Rodgers. It's not like the Detroit defense is something to be afraid of. I have him as my fifth quarterback. If I have him, I'm happily throwing him out there. Michael touched upon Aaron Jones. That's one guy that I think is going to have a great game. I, Detroit has been gashed on the ground. Aaron Jones has been uh, absolutely playing light years ahead of J- Jamal Williams, and Aaron Rodgers supported Aaron Jones in a post-game conference. So if the I feel like if the Packers are smart, they're going to, with dealing with all these wide receiver injuries, they're going to try to ride Aaron Jones against a defense that's been getting destroyed on the ground. That's I, why I,
1: I, I agree with you, Jason. I also think Ty Montgomery might be in for a bigger game than we see. I think that... All the running backs are going to be involved, especially if Geronimo Allison gets out. J- Jones has been clearly the best runner. Uh, but Ty Montgomery has been getting more and more involved in the offense every week. And I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers uses him out of the backfield even more this week.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm not big on the Ty Montgomery wagon. He, I think he had a, he gets most of his work when they need to pass. And I'm not, I don't really see them needing to pass, like come from behind. So I think he's going to have some limited opportunities because I do expect Aaron Jones's snap count to go up. Aaron Jones actually played 38% of the snaps last week after playing 25 the week before. So uh, Jamal Williams only played 37% after playing 62% of the snaps all the way in week one. And Ty Montgomery only played 26% of the snaps after playing 38 in week one. And each week they've been decreasing and Aaron Jones has been increasing. So... I think Aaron Jones is in for a great game and I'm just, I can't really trust any other running back there.
1: 24th against the pass in, uh, against the running back out of the backfield in DVOA uh, is Detroit. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a glory play to play Tom Montgomery. It's a glory play. You tell everyone, ha ha. I knew it. But uh, my, as Michael said, his, his snap count has gone down because of the emergence of Aaron Jones, but his involvement in the offense has been there. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're not. Ex- I wouldn't be exactly be excited about it, but I think he has this little sleeper potential this week.
0: If I'm looking at a glory play for Green Bay, I'm looking at Marquez Valdez Scantling, the greatest name in the game. Not the greatest name, it's up there. That's though. a it's pretty good. great name, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like I don't Marquez know. Ja- ja-
1: ja- ja- as long as jaquiski Tart exists, he holds the crown. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: true. Don't don't hate on jaquiski Tart. I man. think Valdez Scantling could offer some wide receiver four flex appeal if Cobb and Allison remain out. Devontae Adams, we all know who he is. He's based, He's been a little bit too touchdown dependent in the early gong, as I've stated in the past. And then Jimmy Graham, although he's been a touchdown dependent tight end, he has to be started in the current tight end landscape. Is, is there anything you guys want to say on hate, these guys? As much as I hate him. I think these are the to. two obvious guys in the Packers, besides Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Shout out to the Yankees. Two run home run from Aaron Judge already. Up Uh-oh. two zip. That's what the A's get for starting Liam Hendricks. Not a good but one. back to football. Moving on to Giants at Panthers. The Panthers are coming off a bye. They had more than a, they got two weeks to prepare to face the Giants. Uh, this shouldn't be pretty very close, honestly. Christian McCaffrey saw a hundred percent of the snaps their last game and saw more than fifty percent of the team's touches. While Cam Newton has been the tenth best per game rushing rusher. On the season and that's including running backs so what are we expecting from this dynamic duo of Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey this week Tim
1: sorry my phone was on mute Darren trying to trying to mute the, the, the crickets. crickets out <laughs> yeah uh, and I fumbled the, the buttons but um yeah so Cam Newton I, I think Cam Newton is one of those guys where if you drafted him you are going to be extremely happy that you did and um, You're already extremely happy that you did, but one thing that we failed to mention in our preseason picks is how these new rules are going to play for Cam Newton. These rules benefit Cam more than they benefit anyone because you have to, you can't, when you can't tackle a quarterback uh, like the way that Clay Matthews has been tackling quarterbacks, if you can't do that, you're going to bounce right off a guy like Cam Newton, and we see him taking advantage of it. And his his floor is so high because he rushes that anything he gives him in the passing game is kind of butter. Um, at the same time, Christian McCaffrey, what's not to love about this guy, man? A hundred percent of the snaps, give me that shit all day, every day. Um, against the Giants, who listen, the Giants aren't stopping the world on defense. They're not. They're not the worst against the the, the running back at the backfield, but they're not the best. And you know, Christian McCaffrey is getting that that work. Um, I love them both. If I'm, if I, I, I am currently playing both. In one of my leagues, I, I had to sit them both last week, and I put them back in, and I was like, "Wow, my lineup looks so much better with these guys in the lineup," uh, because they're so damn good. And uh, I mean, these guys are going to be, arguably, they both have a chance to finish in PPR leagues. Wide, quarterback one,
0: running back one. Even in half PPR, I, I think that's possible. I have Cam Newton as my. Number one quarterback to begin with, McCaffrey's top five, I believe. Uh, Shout out to Evan Silva for this stat. The the Panthers right now are ranked number one in run blocking. And Try Turner, their right guard, who's been a beast in the league for quite a while, has been out since week one. He comes back this week. And McCaffrey already has a yards per carry this year of 5.9. And now they're just getting an even better addition to their line. I think Cam Newton and Chris McCaffrey go off. And we just saw what Alvin Kamara did against the Giants in the second half last week out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm loving both of them this year. Are week. you guys calling a CMC touchdown for the first time this year? I would not be surprised. I, I think I would.
1: Best part about Chris McCaffrey is that he doesn't need to score touchdowns to be fantasy relevant. You can only say that about maybe 10 people in the entire league. Him, Julio Jones come to mind right off the bat. If he scores a touchdown, it's gravy. That's just six more points on top of the 19. He's probably already going to get you.
0: That is true. true. If you look at the Panthers' pass catchers, DJ Moore is expected to be a little bit more involved coming out of the bye. He's more of a add-and-stash type player. You're not starting him this week. Ian Thomas hasn't really stepped into the Greg Olson role. So if you're looking at the pass catchers, Devin Funches is really the only relevant one. But Janoris Jenkins has bounced back from having a bad year last year and has contained Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins a bit in the last two weeks. De- uh, Devin Funches is someone that I'm not a big fan of. Michael, you, you usually are. Are you afraid of this Janoris Jenkins matchup at all, or do you think the Panthers are going to be so run-heavy that Funches is out of the game plan? Yeah, uh, I have Funches as more of a lower-end wide receiver three this week. I had him up in the wide receiver two territory last week. I do not like the matchup with Janoris Jenkins. I think Torrey Smith could have a touchdown out of this game working on Eli Apple or whatever the what's the dude's name with the crazy hair on the Giants he he started over Eli Apple game. I'm blanking on his name but he's not very good um the not good guy in the Giants not good guy in the oh, Giants. Yeah, yeah I know him <laughs> he <Eli> uh Manning. <laughs> so that's what I think it even opens up the passing game for Christian McCaffrey even more because no one's going to keep up with him there and the Giants are already not a great defense they're missing some pieces so I'm just not loving Funches loving McCaffrey and Newton strictly if you look you want to
1: those... hear you want to hear a glory play DJ Moore I think is a wide receiver three this week I think that he has the chance to be uh, heavily involved in this offense i I believe that at, every single week his snap count has gone up uh, after a bye, what better uh, time? to draw something up just for D.J. Moore and have him beat a secondary for the Giants that's 26 in DVOA has been very suspect. They've been really good against the number two receiver, but against the number one and slot receivers, they're in the bottom third of the league, uh, well in the bottom bottom fourth of the league. So when you're talking about uh, a guy that could be a glory play, I think D.J. Moore has a great chance to be a glory play this week. D.J. Moore and, and Cortland Sutton, in my opinion are going to be wide receivers that you want to own going forward based on what I've seen out of both in their progression on how they're evolving in their offenses. I, I do
0: think that DJ Moore, this is the last week that you're going to be able to get him for free. So if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. But I, th- I think Timmy's uh, out there in the woods getting high if he thinks uh, DJ Moore is going to be able to put up wide receiver three numbers this week. Uh-oh. But, yeah, Sutton. Michael, we Sutton and Moore, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, what's, what's the bet? We over or under, it, so. over or
0: under 8 half PPR points. Okay, I'll
1: take that bet. Ten. I'll take over ten. easy.
0: Tim, 10? 10? Yeah, I'll
1: take 10.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll All right, take 10, ten points. points.
1: I'll take 10 over easy like my eggs, baby.
0: All right, moving on to the Giants. This team is pretty easy. Eli Manning, you're not going to start OBJ. You're going to start. He started off slow last year, too. So oh, real quick. Last week, Jason said Wentz wouldn't. And in the top 14 quarterbacks that he did, baby, I want to bet that's the first one I saw when I opened it up. That's the first one we actually kept track of. Now I got next week when Timmy's back, we'll go through the we'll go through them to start the show. So OBJ has not been successful in deep balls with Eli Manning so far this year. Hopefully that picks up because you're starting him if you have him. Saquon Barkley is basically guaranteed 100 yards every game. I think the interesting name here is Sterling Shepard. Someone that I didn't even think should be owned in the beginning of the year. I feel like when Evan Ingram is playing, Sterling Shepard is useless. There's too many mouths to feed. But with Ingram out, Sterling Shepard's role has grown, and Carolina has given up a lot of yards and points to Tyler Boyd and Cole Beasley in the last few weeks. So I think Sterling Shepard could be in for another productive day with Evan Ingram out. Yeah, um, I agree there. I don't love. Sterling. I loved Sterling Shepard last week against New Orleans, and that clearly worked out because he was going up against. Ken Crawley, PJ Williams, while Adam was shadowing OBJ. This week, going against the Panthers, it's not like uh, Bradbury is going to lock down OBJ. I think this is more of an OBJ finally finding the end zone game and Sterling Shepard playing more of a second fiddle. But with that being said, um, I think they're going to have to be efficient passing the ball if they want to keep up with the Panthers. So Shepard should be able to get seven or eight catches easy. So I think he's a solid wide receiver three play.
1: We should never miss the opportunity to point out the that every time we mentioned James Bradbury, that ESPN last season said you can, should consider sitting Julio Jones because of his <laughs> matchup with James Bradbury. Uh, just throwing that out there. BrotoFantasy.com. That's all I got to say about yeah, that. you can never forget uh, that. Secondly, um, I agree with Jason 100%. I love Sterling Shepard, but only when Evan Ingram's on the field. I think that he becomes, when Evan Ingram is off the field, he becomes, uh, again, the fourth mouth to feed in an in in offense that has a lot of mouth to feed and a guy who is, doesn't have a lot of uh, food to feed them, Eli Manning. Um, yeah, I, I would play Sterling Shepard. Every time Evan Ingram is out, I'm playing Sterling Shepard without a doubt.
0: Yeah, he's basically pointless without Ingram. Shepard basically steps into that tight end type role, so you don't really need to worry about Rhett Ellison there. Moving on to the next game. Going back to New York. Wait, dude. You're missing Saquon Barkley. I mean, I mentioned him. He's basically guaranteed to get 100 yards a week. Do you want to say something about him? He's basically guaranteed to get 100 yards a week. There you go. Move on. (laughs) Okay.
1: Michael's Michael's is saying that because our cousin last week called us out for missing Saquon Barkley.
0: Yeah, and we (laughs) we told him. We're like, you know, we don't usually forget people. But I guess, what could you really say about Saquon Barkley? Explain. Except that he's going to be. He's pretty, lived up to his pretty inefficient most plays because it's a Giants, but he'll end up with a uh, solid stat line. Looking at the other New York team, Broncos at Jets. What I find interesting is the Broncos running backs in this matchup. Phillip Lindsay has played more than Royce Freeman when the team is trailing or tied. Freeman has played more than Lindsay when they're leading. This seems like a good game for me for Denver to lead, so I prefer. Royce Freeman this week for that reason. I think that Freeman is a pretty decent running back three flex play. He's found the end zone three games in a row. Tim, would you prefer to ride Lindsey or Freeman or both?
1: So I think that both have the ability to be playable. Royce Freeman, one of the things that I look for when I'm evaluating players is how do they respond to when their backs are against the wall, right? Anyone could play um, in a Steelers offense that's putting up 25 points a game, and, and Albert Wilson could look great in a Kansas City offense that's great. I want to know what do you do when your backs against the wall? What do you do when your job's threatened? What do you? Do? And Royce Freeman looked like a man on a mission on Monday night. Uh, he was breaking tackles. He was getting the extra yards. He was doing all that and things like that. Is what uh, the coaches notice. The only problem is Philip Lindsey's a really good player. And you want to – no one knew about him in the preseason and no one was really paying attention to him to be a, a, a anything for this team. So it's easy to try and dismiss him. Um, in my opinion, uh, I think Phillip Lindsay is the better play, but I think that uh, both of them are playable this week against the Jets defense, uh, who's been all right but is just on the field too much and uh, just – you know, it, it comes back to bite them when they're on the field so much in almost every game.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely on the Lindsey bandwagon. I think it's pretty clear that he's the back to own in that backfield, and I would much rather have Lindsey on my team. He had, as would I, but this week Freeman plays more when the team is winning. I don't know, man. He, uh, Lindsey is at 12.6 as his lowest half PPR game, besides the game where he got suspended. He's highly involved. He had four more rushes than uh, Freeman last week, and he had two targets, which resulted in two catches. He he's he has like a yards per carry of 5.9 or something like that, six almost. It's pretty absurd. He has more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. Good job, Giants, drafting running back number two overall. Just can keep bringing that up. But yeah, uh, I think they're both super solid plays. I have Freeman as a solid flex play this week as well. I just I think Lindsey definitely has more upside and the preferred play for me. If you look at the pass catchers for – Denver. I personally think this is a one-man show this week. Cortland Sutton has arguably been playing better than Demarius Thomas, but they're going up against Marsh Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson, two of the better cornerbacks according to PFF this season. And then if you look in the slot, Buster screen has been absolutely dreadful. He has been... I was going to say some type of joke, but he's just been really bad. His, his gameplay is a joke. He's been getting bashed by Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry, Didi Westbrook, and now... Emmanuel Sanders, who is already Case Keenum's favorite target, has the honor of going up against Buster screen. So, Tim, when you're looking at the Denver wide receivers, I'm not starting Sutton or Thomas this week if I don't need to, but I am loving the Sanders matchup.
1: Sutton, yeah, I mean, Sanders is the guy in this offensive passing game. Um, He's the main target. Case Keenum loves starting to him. Reminds me a lot of Adam Thielen coming out of that slot as well last year. Case Keenum loves to feed that slot. He's been feeding that slot. um, That sounds like a sexual innuendo. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he's been feeding that slot with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? Um, In terms of going forward, I do want to talk about this. Demarius Thomas versus Cortland Sutton. Corlin Sutton is a guy that I have drafted in my Money League and that I stashed just for occasions like this. Um, Demarius Thomas last year, if you look at his production for what he got in targets compared to what he uh, produced it was a giant gap in what he was supposed to produce, and a lot of people blame it on the quarterback situation. But the dude is thirty; he can't run the way he used to, and Corlin Sutton is basically a better, younger version of him. So I would prefer, I think, to have, uh, to have Corlin Sutton <laughs> starting here, starting this week, over Demarius Thomas in general. Now, in this game, I agree with Jason; there are two cornerbacks that play very well, but they. I wouldn't call them shut-down corners. i call them very good corners that have the ability to control uh, produ- privacy of productions. But I'm not going to sit anyone because of them. But at the same time, I think that if, you, if you're if you in a league and Corlin Sanders is on your waiver wire or he's available and you think you can get him for cheap, get him now before it becomes the hottest commodity in fantasy football because I think that's coming.
0: Uh, Yeah, I am basically agree with both you guys here. I love Sanders. He... Keenum looked absolutely awful last week, and Sanders still ended up getting 8.8 points, which was the most of all their receivers. Cortland Sutton has been getting more and more involved each week, and he's bound to find the end zone. He keeps getting looks there, and just they're not connecting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week with Claiborne on, uh, on DT and screen in the middle on Sanders. Tremaine Johnson has been getting beat a bit, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this week. I honestly wouldn't even be against starting Sutton over DT, like Timmy said. DT's going to have to do something this week, or he's basically just a bench piece. But Sanders, DT seemed like he'd be the most beneficial touchdown guy on the team, but Keenum hasn't thrown one since week one. So DT has really just been an afterthought. Uh, Case Keenum, on that hand, shouldn't be started either. Moving on to the Jets. Again, probably the running backs are the interesting part of this team. Crowell is scoring a touchdown, but Bilal Powell's snap rate went up up to 63% last week, and Kareem Hunt just gashed the Denver on the ground. I prefer Powell as the play. I think he's an underrated play this week. Michael, would you prefer Powell or Crowell, or would you just not start either? Uh, I don't love either this week. I do have Crowell slightly higher. I I prefer the touchdown upside this week against Denver, who uh, just gave up a couple of rushing touchdowns to Kareem Hunt. Um, I think that they are – the J- if the Jets are going to score, it's going to be on the ground, which is nice for Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Bilal Powell definitely has pass-catching upside, but I'm just – I'm leaning more towards a touchdown upside this week in a game that I expect to be low-scoring and pretty ugly because Denver has a solid defense, and the Jets just have not been looking very good. Tim, what's your take oh. on the Jets running backs?
1: Uh, I. I prefer Crowell as well. I, I The thing is with Crowell, he, if he has a good game, it'll be really in line with his one good game, one completely shit-the-bed game uh, that he's done so far this year. Uh, this is a defense, again, that's susceptible on the run. What, uh, one of the guys that I'm looking at in the passing game, though, I know we, we skipped over the passing game a little bit, if the Jets can keep Donald clean, and this is a major if, because so far this year they have not. Big time But off. if they can keep Donald clean... Uh, Denver ranks 24th in the league in DVOA against deep passes. Uh oh, Robbie subs- Anderson they're, time? They're susceptible to deep pa- passes. This could be one of those games where Robbie Anderson gets Uh-oh. one or two deep balls and puts up like one, like 20 in a touchdown.
0: Updated about Robbie Anderson. I made a joke about it on Twitter. He will not be suspended. I mentioned that the NFL uh, gave him some pity after playing so poorly the last four weeks. Not his fault. Well, he did fumble a couple of He's ball, fumbled he's twice. He great. hasn't been great, Tim. I cut ties with Robbie Anderson this week, so I'm hoping what you say isn't true because then I'll regret it. The, if you look at the past catchers in, on the Jets, Quincy Inunua is really the only one that you can start. But he does a lot of his damage from the slot, and he's facing Chris Harris, who before he got hurt last week, held Travis Kelsey to zero catchers and zero yards. So I think Quincy Inunua is a volume-based wide receiver three at best. Michael agrees with me according to his ranking. Yeah, but Inunua, I think he, does, he continues to get the targets that you're looking for from a wide receiver three. Uh, he, after playing, he played 67% of the snaps week one, and it's just gone up every week since then. He played 95% of the snaps last week. Someone else I want to keep an eye on out there in the jets, their best receiver from last year outside of Robbie Anderson, I guess, but you could argue for both Jermaine curse. He's back. He, uh, he played 31% of the snaps week two 54 the week after, and then last week played 85% of the snaps and he made some solid catches for Darnold. He showed that he's a solid receiver last year, and he's going to be involved. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one catching the touchdown this week.
1: I think Jermaine Curse is, like, a really good player in real life, like a guy I'd love to have on my team, but definitely not a guy that I'm, I'm going to be starting. Uh, but that's that would def, that would be some kind of glory play right there. That's, like a, that's uh, like a
0: GPP play. If you win a million dollars because of it, I want, like, 1%. I won't be greedy. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I think Robbie Anderson is in that too. But I just want to just real quick before we move on, just don't get it twisted, guys. Uh, Chris Harris is the best uh, cover corner from the slot in the league. By he is far. one of those. He's one of those guys where you have to consider whoever he's covering maybe sitting him this week. Even if you have a premier slot receiver like Golden Tate or something like that, um, expect expect not as many. Numbers when you're facing Chris Harris, he is the premier slot corner in the game
0: The next game is the Titans at the Bills You know you you gotta love when we get to the Bills games because for the skip, Bills skip, we skip, can skip, just skip, say skip. cool Two. Let's move on, right? <laughs>
1: well guys look Shady McCoy is facing a team that is fourth uh, Giving up the fourth most fantasy to running backs in the league if not now when?
0: Yeah, I think Shady's a solid flex play this he's week. See, he's seeing less than 10 touches per game, though. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, when you when your entire offense gets 20 touches, I mean, it, it happens. Like and this, then the, I'm not saying he's a great play, but if you're going to play him, if he's going to do anything any week, it's going to be this week.
0: One quick thing about uh, Calvin Benjamin. Shout-out to Graham Barfield for this stat that I saw on Twitter. Calvin Benjamin last year of all qualified receivers – Average one point eight yards per se- per of separation at point of catch, which was 129th out of one hundred twenty nine. Well, he's very slow. Since we're so early athletic. in the year, this year there's one hundred fifty nine qual- qualified receivers. Calvin Benjamin's still at 1.8, 159 out of one fifty nine. There's damn, no reason last, why. last
1: dead last. I it, knew he was slow, but there's damn. no
0: reason why he should be on the field. If at you look all. at his highlights from the Panthers days, it's all jump balls that Cam Newton threw him. Yeah, in the end zone. All right, that's it for the Bills. That was fun. Uh, I want to talk about the running backs for the tight ends because it's very similar to the Broncos running backs. Deion Lewis plays when the team is tied or trailing. Derrick Henry plays when the team is leading. Tennessee will probably be leading against Buffalo. I think this is a good game for all you people who drafted Derrick Henry. He's probably not going to be great all season, but I think this is a good game for him to find the end zone once, maybe even twice, and give you a little bit of a – what do I want to say? I, I don't know. Just, just make you feel a little bit better about, about a very life. bad pick. Michael, what do you think? Uh, I saw where you had Derrick Henry ranked this week, and I was I got a little bit question marks flowing in my head because you <laughs> usually hate him, and then you, I see him at number 25 for you. I still have him at 40 this week, and I have Dion Lewis at 28. Uh, Derrick Henry has just... He looks like Eddie Lacy out there, dude. he He's just not elusive. Like, he looks way worse. I still don't think he's a good player. I think this is the one time all season where he's a better start than Deion Lewis. I know. He looks way worse than he did last year, in my opinion. Uh, Last week against Philly in a game that was close all the way through, uh, he had nine receptions, uh, Deion Lewis, that is, and four rush attempts uh, against Buffalo. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout because they're going to Buffalo. Buffalo is known to be a place that's tough to play in. I got to check the weather, see if it's going to be cold there or not. But, I mean, I still like Deion Lewis because he's just the better player. He should be involved out of the backfield. Derrick Henry, if he's ever going to score a touchdown, it would be this week. But I'm not happy starting Henry. I'm feeling better about starting Deion Lewis, but only as, like, a flex option. As my RB2, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't by any means like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. Derrick Henry in his in the last two games before last game had 18 rushing attempts in each one of those games. 18 rushing attempts. He came up with 56 yards in one of the game on 18 rushing attempts and 57 yards in the next game. Um, Derrick Henry is a speed back trapped in a big man's body. Uh, he doesn't. Besides just looking at him and saying, "Wow, that guy is massive," he doesn't do anything that a true power running back does uh, well. So I, I I just don't see the upside with Derrick Henry now. He is facing the Bills, but don't get it twisted. The Bills' defense is not as bad as their offense. A lot uh, we we get get caught up in this sometimes, where an offensive unit is so bad that we kind of pre- assume that the defensive unit is so bad. The, the defensive unit is not bad, especially Tre'Davious White, and he's been playing out of his mind. And that entire defensive line can stop the run. Uh, I. Don't like Derrick Henry this week. I do say this: he's gonna—he's kind of like a shady McCoy guy. Where if he doesn't produce this week, he might be a guy that you could just drop. Uh, and it's crazy to say because he was going in the fourth round, fifth round of some of these drafts—a guy that we told you stay as far away from this guy as humanly possible. Uh, we, we'd rather have De- Deion Lewis easily. The fact that he was going four rounds later, money. But yeah, Derrick Henry. If, uh, I mean, he could get a touchdown. Uh, it's it's possible, but I don't
0: know. I'm not banking on Yeah, I agree with everything you say except I think he's gonna find the end zone this week If you look at the quarterback Marcus Mariota's hand injury has caused him to use his legs more and the Tennessee offense has been better because of it He's finally going back to how he's playing In his rookie season more than he was playing last year uh, Still not trustworthy even if a good in a good matchup because he can't really feel his hand If you're looking at his pass catchers his favorite receiver who still does not have a regulation touchdown, Corey Davis? <laughs> uh, if I can say one thing, I think that the Titans were in comeback mode a lot last week, and then they had to, and then they went into overtime and gave them more time to play. Last week was a perfect storm for Tywan Taylor and Corey Davis. I am back to being low on both of them. I think Corey Davis is a wide receiver three play based on volume, uh, wide receiver three flex area. And I don't think Taiwan Taylor is a good start this week. I, I want to see more from him. He did have seven catches, I think, but in a very pass-heavy offense last week.
1: So here's the thing with Corey Davis. Yes, the, fact, the game script helped him out tremendously last week. That doesn't change the fact that he got 15 targets, and in the only other game where Marcus Mario started, he got 13 targets. Guys, Rashard Matthews, gone. Delaney Walker, gone. There's no one there. There's no one. It's just Chris Davis, cool. and that rapport that you guys are talking about, where you don't you don't think they have built a rapport, that rapport has been built. He is Marcus Mariota clearly loves this guy. Uh, now I am going to sit him in one of my leagues in in favor of Tyler Boyd, but I don't think that's going to stop him from having. I don't think it, I'm only playing him because I love Boyd. Like I would love to play him in any any league that we have. I would love to play him here on out. I think he's a wide receiver, two from here on out. I thought he was a wide receiver, two coming into the year. And it's because of that volume, that giant uptick in volume he's going to get because there's literally no one else on the squad. The same can be said for Taiwan Taylor. Now, he's going to be a deeper league kind of guy. And he's going to be a guy that if you don't have anyone else you're relying on, you're not really relying on him to be your guy. But, I mean, he's a good speculative ad to see how it goes. Right now, you need, you need to... Realize, like anyone needs to realize, not you guys in particular, that Corey Davis is the offense in terms of passing. Now, there's not going to be many passes, but 50 percent or more of those passes are going to Corey Davis. So I'm trying to get all those, all those targets.
0: I have Corey Davis as wide receiver three this week. Don't be surprised if he disappoints going up against Tre'Davious White. And I think Talon Taylor. I'm disagreeing with Jason. I think he's a great play because he's going to be the main option. I believe with Tre'Davious White covering Corey Davis, and he should see 10 plus targets this week. That's it for that game. The next one is probably my favorite game of the week, one that you should stack up in in both standard and DFS. Falcons at the Steelers. According to Pat Thorman on Twitter, both of these teams are top 10 in seconds per snap, situation-neutral pass rate, snaps, average points for and average points against. Basically, these teams are constantly running plays and constantly scoring and constantly giving up points. What more can you want in a fantasy matchup? Yeah, I have Matt Ryan as my second quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger as my third. I got Juju ahead of AB. I got Juju as my third, AB sixth. Um, uh, what's it called? I'm blanking on the other. Julio Jones as my number one this week. I love him this week. Calvin Ridley is my 22nd receiver. Sanu in flex territory. Basically, any Vance McDonald as a top eight tight end. Basically, anyone you could think of, I'm throwing out there this week. James Conner is going to be a top running back against that Dan Quinn offense, defense.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I think that uh, one guy that I'm trying to sell, if I'm an owner of his, is Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley saw less than 50% of the snaps again last game. Um, now, I'm not saying that it, could, it can't go up, but he also saw the third most targets uh, on, in the wide receiver core. Muhammad Sanu had more targets. Um, obviously, Julio Jones had more targets. So, I mean, Calvin Ridley could continue being good, and I think that he will continue being good. But I, it, you're never going to have a more trade value than after six touchdowns in three weeks. Um, I'm trying to trade this guy for a star. Like, if you can get, him, if you could package him with someone else and get yourself Keenan Allen, who's been struggling a little bit, go ahead and do that. Um, it also. Another strategy, for those people who are 0-4 and 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 1-3, guys, it's time right now to start thinking about this. Last year, I was in a similar position. Uh, I traded for Aaron Rodgers, and I had Jordy Nelson. I was doing all right, but I was 1-3 because of bad luck. And then they got hurt, and all of a sudden, my team became uh, impossible to manage. So I started to try and buy wins. I I tried to worry about week by week. James Conner is the perfect guy right now. Look, Le'Veon Bell said he's coming back, so James Conner owners are going to have it in their mind. All right, this guy's only going to be on my team till Week 7. But you got to think about this. Why Week 7, right? Le'Veon Bell can get traded if he comes back by Week 7. If he doesn't, then he could come back by Week 10. And if he's so worried about himself, why do it? Why come back at Week 7? I think it might be to prepare himself for a trade. And I think that the Steelers might be going James Conner for the whole season. But even if they don't, James Conner is an excellent play this week. And you have owners that think he's going. He's only got three more weeks on his legs. Try and acquire James Conner. Try and go get him. Win these weeks one by one by one by one if you're in a 0-4 position. Uh, that's what I would do. That would be my strategy. So James Conner is a target that we'll get. Uh, besides that, for everyone else in this game, go for it. I think that everyone's uh, playable Definitely, and uh, yeah, Vance McDonald, by the way, uh, continues to make Jesse James irrelevant and continues to play well, so uh, James McDonald, if you picked him up in the waiver wire, you might be really happy right now.
0: Tim, I agree with everything you just said, but one more thing, well, one thing I don't agree with, you said to sell Calvin Ridley high this week. I agree that Calvin Ridley should be sold high. He's playing less snaps than Mohamed Sanu. It's not sustainable at this current rate, but... Give him this week because he is going to perform again this week, and then his stock will be even higher. And some crazy owner out there might even trade you Keenan Allen straight up for Calvin Ridley if you're in a league with crazy people. So I'm sticking with Ridley one more week before I try to sell high. Yeah, uh, I agree with that there. Actually, going back to Vance McDonald, he played 62% of the snaps last week, Jesse James down to 44. It was 82 and 45 week three when they both played so McDonald is clearly taking over there. James Conner's uh, snap count has decreased to seventy nine percent. He's not playing quite as often, but the Steelers have to have to get their running game going. They're not even giving him like ten touches a game, which is they're not going to have success that way. They that's I mean they're what, what they're one and two now, one one and two and one, right? One two and one. Yeah, yeah they they need a win this week bad, so. I would I would hand off Connor the ball more if I was the Steelers. Austin Hooper is also someone I think is a sneaky play that uh, was it the Falcons have given up the second most points to tight ends this year. Two so, people we forgot me, the Steelers have given up second most points. To, to mention this in year. this very fantasy happy landscape. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, I think this will be easier to call once we get closer to game day. But I think if Devontae Freeman is back this week, it's a very good game for you to stick him back into your lineup. More of a running back two than a running back one, though. And then Tevin Coleman back to flex duties. Or maybe even running back two just because Devontae Freeman may have a limited workload. Yeah, that's the only position in this Something game. we'll touch more upon as we get closer to Sunday on Twitter. Yeah, it's definitely murky murky at the moment.
1: At Brodo on Twitter, shout out. T-Plug.
0: <laughs> there you go, Tim. Don't start either defense. <laughs> definitely not. Though, you no. Moving on to the next game, Ravens at Browns. The Ravens are top five in red zone possessions per game, and Cleveland is last in red zone possessions allowed per game. Looking like a juicy matchup for Baltimore. I'm looking to start uh, a few of the Ravens players. Let's start off with the receivers first. John Brown leads the league in deep targets, but he also leads the team in red zone targets. Not something you see every day. Michael Crabtree is a bit more touchdown-dependent. I think John Brown is a must-start this week, absolutely must-start. Michael Crabtree, even, I like him a bit more than I have in the past just because the Browns let you get into the red zone so much. Tim, what do you think about these receivers this week, John Brown and Michael Crabtree?
1: John Brown is someone that we mentioned preseason again that is going to have the ability, if he stays healthy, to be the kind of wide receiver that you start week in and week out, and I think that he has officially become that. You can start him week in and week out, he had a big game last week, but only caught three of his seven targets. And, and those, some of those targets, and I was playing against John Brown, so I was watching it very carefully. Some of those targets were just right out of his reach or a great play by the defender at the last second. He could have had like 200 yards and two touchdowns in the last game, and I would not have been surprised. He was getting that kind of work that gave him that. Go, guys. Joe Flacco's good again. And I don't know if, I don't know if anyone noticed, but it's because he's healthy. He his injured back in the last few years has really hampered him in every way. He's healthy and he has Lamar Jackson behind him, kind of the Alex Smith effect, where he has that uh, deep throwing, big arms, uh, big explosive play kind of rookie athletic. nipping at his heels, athletic right. And he and he's like, all right, I got to step my game up if I want to stay in this league, if I want to keep being a star in this league. And you can see him doing that. And I, I again, um, in terms of. Uh, in terms of pass-catching options, Michael Crabtree is the second option on the team. I even think Willie Sneed has a chance to do something in this game. Uh, Willie Sneed's the type of guy who I wouldn't have a problem starting if I have a couple of bye weeks and I need a guy. He's definitely going to out there in most waiver wires. So uh, I really like this Baltimore passing attack this year. I think that Baltimore is one of the shady Super Bowl contenders uh, after four weeks.
0: Yeah, I like John Brown as wide receiver, too. I absolutely hate Michael Crabtree. He's done absolutely nothing this year. He's caught half of his targets, which has resulted in basically zero good performances besides one touchdown catch. So I'd rather play Snead over him, but I'm not feeling great about either. Definitely. John Brown is definitely the guy to own there. The running backs, though, Alex Collins and Buck Allen. I'm giving Alex Collins the, uh, the lead going into this week, but that fumble at the goal line, Really did not do him well last week. Buck Allen basically took over the game after that. And this is a team that is a big fan of Buck Allen and continues to give him a multitude of touches. So not good for Alex Collins' owners. But as we have seen, they've both been able to be productive. I have Collins as my 19th running back. I think Buck Allen is a solid flex play as well. Uh, But I'm very interested to see how that split goes this week because I would not be surprised if Allen plays even more than usual after that big-time loss fumble by Collins.
1: Love me some Buck this this week. Uh, Cleveland 28th in DVOA against uh, passes out of the backfield. Uh, Passing to Buck Allen out of the backfield has been one of the staples of this offense. Passing to the running back in general out of the backfield has been one of the staples of the Ravens offense for the last few years. Uh, definitely something you can count on is Buck Allen getting at least four or five targets at the very lowest point. Um, Alex Collins, man, if he ke- he's going to fumble his way out have a job if he keeps fumbling. Uh, he didn't play almost at all in the second half, like you guys said. And Buck Allen saw most of those tar- uh, rushes and targets in the second half last week. So in terms of Buck Allen or Alex Collins, um, I'm taking Buck Allen in this one, believe it or not.
0: I think it's a little crazy. Alex Collins has a touchdown in three straight games. Cleveland's allowing... Over a hundred yards per game on the ground. Alex Collins is more of the runner. If he fumbles again, then you're pretty screwed. But I'm starting Collins this week over Buck. All right. Look, looking at the That's cool. Looking at the <laughs> Browns. Uh Baker Mayfield played pretty good last week. Had some issues with turnovers. So I would not trust him just yet. Tim mentioned that their uh their upcoming schedule is gonna be pretty Juicy, But this is not one of those juicy matchups. Carlos Hyde, though, has a touchdown in six straight games. Jarvis Landry is as relevant as he's ever been in the red zone. Uh, Last season, he made up for his lack of yardage with a touchdown. Not something you see often from Jarvis Landry. So I think the question marks here come from Antonio Callaway and David Njoku. Both of them are seeing a ton of targets and basically doing nothing with them. Michael, I know you're not a big Callaway guy. What about Njoku? Uh, Njoku played... Well, last week, if he had seven targets, he turned it into five receptions for 52 yards. So he was effective with his chances. I think he's going to continue to be more involved in the offense. He had basically the best game by far of the season with the first time Baker Mayfield was at the helm. So I think more of that happens. Not big on Callaway this week after Hugh Jackson said that he... Wants him to play less snaps and Callaway just has not been very efficient with his targets. He's only caught ten of twenty four targets to start the season. So I'm cool in Njoku as a tight end one. I'm not feeling Callaway. I personally think that Callaway has he's dropped some passes. He hasn't he hasn't met his potential yet. But he's gonna he's the number two receiver. Rashad Higgins will see some more work, but he's the deep threat. Baker Mayfield all he has to do is connect with one pass and you're going to be happy you started Callaway. So I think he still does have flex appeal. Tim, how do you feel about the secondary options after Hyde and Landry in Cleveland?
1: Uh, I'm not big on either of them, uh, honestly, this week. Uh, Baltimore's defense has been absolutely lights out. Uh, On top of that, they get Jimmy Smith back this week, who's their number one corner. He's been on suspension. So that's another addition to that defense that's going to make it a lot harder for Jarvis Landry to get uh, his production going. Um, listen to this Brown schedule, though, in the next few weeks. Just want to point it out and say it. Um, Chargers, Bucks, Steelers, Chiefs, Falcons. Give me all that.
0: That's, that's, that's a solid schedule. If you want to, also, similar division, so it's very similar. The Bengals schedule, and Andy Dalton's already been playing great against tough competition. The Bengals schedule, after this Miami game, is... Steelers, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Saints, and then the Ravens. So they're also playing a similar easy matchup. So Andy Dalton and Baker Mayfield are two quarterbacks to definitely keep an eye on.
1: I mean, if if you haven't realized that Andy Dalton is an every week starter yet, then you're a hater.
0: Hater. Nick Chubb blew up last week with 100 yards and a touchdown, but that was only on three total snaps. So people got to chill with the Nick Chubb love. I would not have spent a waiver priority on him. But if you're able to get him for free or for a very cheap fab, he's not bad to stash on your bench. No Duke Johnson.
1: Um, if you want any idea about how Nick Chubb is going to be for the rest of the year, just remember that his head coach was the same guy that didn't even name his starting quarterback, uh, his rookie starting quarterback, the starting quarterback the day after he brought the franchise for his first win in 650 days. Um, and he was the number one pick. So if you want to f- know about how Hugh Jackson feels about rookies, uh, there you go.
0: Yeah. Moving on to our next game, the team we were just mentioning, Miami at Cincinnati. Andy Dalton and guess who else are the only quarterbacks with multiple touchdowns every game?
1: I don't know. Ryan Tannehill? Not Tannehill. No. I was going to say, because uh, don't wait. Joe you Flacco? Had, you didn't have any touchdowns. Not Flacco. Time, okay.
0: The answer is Phillip Rivers. Uh, Dalton and Rivers, the only quarterbacks with multiple touchdowns every game. The Miami defense was playing great, but they were also playing teams that are not great. Tom Brady went there last week and absolutely showed them that they are not what they were trying to act like they were. So, with that being said, are you afraid of the Miami defense with Andy Dalton, or do you think it's going to be more of a Tom Brady versus the Miami defense type game? Uh,
1: I'm not afraid of the Miami defense, but I mean, you can't really ever fade A.J. Green all the way. But I'm loving me some Tyler Boyd this week. Um, their secondary has been very good against unworn receivers. Uh, Tyler Boyd has a chance. Listen, with, with, we, you go by we, – we mentioned this a, long, uh, a, uh, a while back last year. You have to go by the beer pong rules, right? If you hit two, you're warming up. And if you hit three, you're on fire. And you're a guy that you could stay, and you could he's a starter. Tyler Boyd is warming up. He has two straight games that have been great. And I think this is the third straight game that he blows up, and I think that he becomes that, uh, that wide receiver three that I seem to find on the waiver wire every single year. Um, and I love it. I love every second of it. So uh, definitely Tyler Boyd is, is a love of mine this year, and I love him in this game as well.
0: Michael, what's your take on the Cincinnati passing offense? A.J. Green has to go up against Xavier Howard, who has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league so far. So I agree. It's another Tyler Boyd game. Dalton has found a way to get Green the ball no matter the matchup this week, though, so I'm not super worried about it. But, yeah, I think Tyler Boyd is a great wide receiver, too, this week. Are you guys starting Andy Dalton? I don't love Andy Dalton against Miami. They have given up the second-least points quarterbacks. We discussed how they've had bad competition, but I think Dalton has more of a 18- to 19-point game, which is great as a streamer, but... I don't think he's a top twelve option this week.
1: The thing is with Andy Dalton, like just being honest, if you're starting him at this point, then he's your starter. Because the two teams right now are on that are on by are the Bucks and Jameis Winston, and the um, the Bears and Mitch Trubisky. Neither of those guys are your starting quarterbacks. So if you're playing Andy Dalton, it's because he's your regular starter. If Andy Dalton is your regular starter, then by all means, play him. But if not, he's not a guy that I'm, like, dropping someone and picking up and scouring the waiver wire for.
0: Got it. Uh, if you're looking at the other pass catchers there, CJ Uzoma has run three times as many routes as Tyler Croft. With Tyler Eifert out now, Uzoma seems like the tight end to own. You may not want to start him this week, though. will give him some time to see how he acclimates there. On the ground, Joe Mixon is expected to be back but let me just say something, because people are taking victory laps to Joe Mixon earlier in the year because he had a couple good games saying he's the new Le'Veon Bell type craziness. But then he got injured, and Joe Bernard was better doing the same exact thing and seeing the same amount of volume as Joe Mixon. So at some point, these people just got to admit that Joe Mixon's not very good and that it's the volume that's making him fantasy relevant because I think that has to be said because no one else is saying it. All right, I think you're bugging out a little bit. You're saying that he's not very good. He's a solid running back. He's just... He's overrated. He I th- I expect him to get, lose more playing time to Gio Bernard than he did the first week. That's what I was trying to get at. Do you Are you concerned with that? A little bit, but I still think Mixon will be a solid running back, too. I don't think he has top five potential or that everyone was just after the first game saying, yep, there you go. Joe Mixon was the best pick in the draft. Tim, what's your take on Mixon and Gio?
1: I think Bengals running backs are startable every single week, especially against Miami defense who's not great against the running backs. Um, if Gio Bernard can't play and he looks like he can't play, then you're going Joe Mixon. If Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard can't play, I would start Mark Walton. Like I, I love the the Bengals backfield. They're committed to their running game. They're I think you to just, passing the ball.
0: I think you'd yeah, love to say Mark Walton. You have a crush on Mark Walton, Tim?
1: No, I'm just saying, like I love I love Bengals running backs and there's no reason I love there's no reason shot your face trying to make a fantasy analysis in the woods
0: over here. Bengals running backs must be started. If we're looking at the Dolphins, they're looking like a team to avoid for fantasy purposes. Kenyon Drake, just not being given the ball. Adam Gase, for some reason, would prefer to give it to his old running back, Frank Gore. And you can't start Frank Gore because he's just not that good anymore. Sorry. Keep on trucking, Frank, but you should not be a premier running back.
1: But can't you? But can't you? No, you can't. last can't. last Last week, he was absolutely startable.
0: Because what? they were down by 30 points and he had a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here, Tim. Gore. That's uh, the
1: inconvenient truth.
0: No, it's not true. Shut your mouth. Gore had 30 <laughs> touches on 66 snaps compared to Drake, 27 and 85, which is just absolutely absurd. I'm not trusting either of them. You hear that, Tim? Not trusting either of them. Uh, which well, is well, listen, I'm Drake. the one who
1: is the, the guy on the podcast that I was telling you guys that dog houses are hard to get out of. You saw Mark Ingram in the doghouse for years with the Saints um, until finally he was joined by Alvin Kamara and finally had a great year last year after so many disappointing years in a row where he was supposed to be much better. Guys like Tim Howard taking his job. Um, You see that with Adam Gase and Kenyon Drake? He doesn't doesn't believe in Kenyon Drake for whatever reason. He doesn't, and he's in the doghouse. He's going to stay there. Um, It sucks for Drake, and it also sucks for fantasy owners and uh I, yeah but yeah you're right i'm i'm like joking when it comes to frank gore he was startable last week but um if you're starting break frank gore is because you're in a desperate situation um otherwise you're not starting him and then the wide receivers as well um outside of kenny stills i'm having i'll i'm having a problem starting anyone in that on that team because i hate the runners and because i hate the the, the wide receivers uh Ryan Tannehill also doesn't look great to me. So uh, this Miami offense is one that I'm trying to stay away from if I can. But if I have to, Kenny Stills is probably the best play on the squad.
0: Kenny Stills has also been very hit or miss. He's becoming less of a liked fantasy player, in my opinion, for myself. Because I don't know how much you could trust him. And he started the year, he played 95% of the snaps week one. That's gone down every week and was down to 78% last week. I don't know how much it has to do with the offense or if it's just... They would rather play other players, but it's not a good sign. Mike Gasicki, A.J. Derby, is out. And Gasicki went all the way up to 84% of the snaps last week. So someone to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Highly touted uh, tight end in this league. Who was drafted in either the first? He was in the first or early second. I think the first. Might have been the second. Gasicki.
1: <clears throat> I think it was I think it was early second.
0: Yeah, I think it was the second. And if you look at the other pass catchers, you're not starting Amandola, Wilson or Jakeem Grant. So that's about it for them.
1: Jakeem Grant is a, is another glory play every week. If you're in a best ball league and you drafted Jakeem Grant Grant, shout out to Michael who insisted we draft Jakeem Grant in our um,
0: Especially because it's a return yards league.
1: Yes, it's also a returns yard league, so the laboratory for noticing that, first of all on the rules, and second, um, insisting that we draft Akeem Grant in our best ball league because he's been great for us. Who, cool. By the way, we lead the league in points in the draft with Giants 4 League. That is a league with um, professional fantasy analysts. So if you need any more reason, BrotoFantasy.com, C-Plug.
0: We're playing with people all over the fantasy community, and we're winning, baby. We're winning. Albert it's Wilson true. someone to keep an eye on, though, guys. Don't sleep on Albert Wilson. And Gesicki was drafted round two, pick ten.
1: Kasiki an interesting play to me because the tight end landscape is so uh, shitty this year. Like, not only are there is it shitty talent wise to start. There's so many injuries this year at the tight end position that uh, Will Disley just went down again, and you, you see guys like that, and it's just like uh, you're kind of grasping at straws. And if you're looking for a guy who has potential to be better than he is now in the future, uh, no one better than Kasiki because they loved him in preseason and they loved him coming out of college, and now he has his chance.
0: Word. That is all for the first half of our week. Week I was gonna say week one. Real week quick, Jay. five games. How many games did we go through? That was eight games. Eight games. See, Tim, this is why we need you because Jason just completely disregarded the fact that there's buys this week. So our second episode is gonna, gonna only have like what five or six games. No, to eight. seven. You gotta cut it. down I the know middle, what I'm bro. doing. There's only two buys, teams buys. on buy. Wow, look at Jason. Maybe think a little it. bit before you insult. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're the asshole. Yep.
1: Yeah, Look, with us, we never think before we insult each other. We just insult. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your first
0: eight games for week one. You can follow us all over Twitter, at BrotoFantasy. You can see our rankings and find our podcast at brodofantasy.com. And you can go to our soundcloud.com slash brodofantasy for our podcast. Or iTunes, subscribe, like, comment, brodofantasy. Bang, bang. Michael, right. where can I find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Tim?
1: At Tim Bertrand, but only feeling real, real, oh, real frisky. That's on all social media outlets. The Waver Wave, uh, youtube.com slash veterans minimum. Shout out to Jason, y'all. Jason, killing the host game. It's fun being an analyst. I like this a little
0: better. Tim, it is you fun. stay in the woods, and you could be an analyst forever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, now you're making me screw up as a host. Now I got to <laughs> say bye, and now I'm screwing up. All right. Thank you. Listen to the next one. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> See ya.